It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. There can be no legitimate discussion about the CV-19 scenario without first and foremost asking and answering this question. Where did CV-19 come from? The controllers have greatly miscalculated the speed and totality of unfolding climate and environmental collapse. They have failed to fully comprehend the exponential function. This holds true for populations as well. Yes, they, the controllers, are now frantically pushing forward their agendas and objectives, indeed, at warp speed. But they are now, in essence, chasing a ball downhill. This is Dane Wigington. You're listening to the Commercial Free Global Alert News Hour on KQMS News Talk Radio, Northern California's largest news talk radio north of Sacramento. This commercial free broadcast is paid for by geoengineeringwatch.org. If you're willing to face dire breaking reports, head on. You're on the right broadcast. Consider this timeless 18th century quote that is more relevant today than ever before. The man who can face vilification and disgrace, who can stand up against the popular current, even against his friends, his family, and his country, when he knows he is right, who is also willing to defy those in authority over him, who can take punishment and prison and remain steadfast, that is a man of courage. Because courage is not needed to simply obey orders, to simply do as you're told, and to fall in line with the thousands of others to the tune of general approval and the, quote, star-spangled banner. That quote was from Alexander Berkman, but the author of the quote matters not. It is true, regardless. For far too many, their belief systems overpower any level of evidence and proof that conflicts with their chosen view of the world. For such individuals, the need for acceptance and approval of their peers or their family overpowers any sense of responsibility to face unwanted realities. But consider and remember, the hallmark of a healthy mind and conscience is an unyielding willingness to face the truth no matter how dire and unpleasant that truth is. Power structures all over the world, interwoven into global governments, are acutely aware of the fact that the former paradigm can no longer be maintained. They know that they can no longer support their populations. Famine, far beyond a biblical scale, is looming. The collapse of militarized, industrialized society is close, unfolding in lockstep to the cascading collapse of Earth's environments and life support systems, all of which is being further fueled by man's attempt to engineer the climate, a.k.a. geoengineering, solar radiation management, and to use weather as a weapon. And we should ask, in addition to climate engineering elements, what else is being sprayed into our skies? Step back and consider, when we know that global power centers are fully aware of and fully focused on all that I have just stated, what actions would it be logical to assume they would take? And let's not forget that long before the end of even the 20th century, there were literally hundreds of publicized open-air biological experiments conducted on innocent U.S. populations by the U.S. military. That's statistical, historical fact. 
And I'm not just singling out the U.S. military. Every military around the globe is behaving in the same manner. It's just on a different scale. The U.S. military is bigger than the next 10 militaries combined. But all of them engage in this kind of activity. Those who print the money, control militaries, thus they control countries, and they do whatever they want because they can. Because the public has been far too distracted. In some countries with simply surviving, which is understandable, but in first world nations, distracted with material gain, with acquiring McMansions and the latest SUV or the latest iPhone. And thus we find ourselves now in a very, very dark place. The place that General Eisenhower warned us about so long ago. Eisenhower stated, The potential for disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. End quote. Eisenhower also cautioned that the federal government's collaboration with an alliance of military and industrial leaders, and medical industrial leaders, as we now know, he said, though necessary, was vulnerable to the abuse of power. Eisenhower then counseled the American citizens to be vigilant in monitoring the military-industrial complex and the medical-industrial complex, none of which has been done. None. Simply blind, unwarranted trust. What did Eisenhower have to say about the perpetual looting, pillaging, and plundering of our environments? He said this, quote, As we peer into society's future, we, you and I, and our government must avoid the impulse to live only for today, plundering for our own ease and convenience the precious resources of tomorrow. He further said, We cannot mortgage the material assets of our grandchildren without asking the loss also of their political and spiritual heritage, indeed their very life in this case. All is connected. We must connect the dots. And there's this perplexing question. Why would, or rather, why are, so many, so willingly and so blindly accepting whatever the powers that be tell them is truth when it is anything but truth. And now the process that has been set in motion is feeding itself. This being said, many are indeed finally waking up. The controllers are acutely aware of this as well. This scenario is yet another ball they are chasing downhill, yet another cause of the panicked behavior of the power structure. If too many awaken before they, the controllers, are prepared for that to occur, they know they will become the full focus of a justifiably enraged population or populations all over the world. From climate engineering to CV-19, populations that one would only expect would take to the streets with their proverbial pitchforks and torches to find anyone, everyone who is responsible for what has been carried out against them without their knowledge, without their consent. Is this the track we're on? We are certainly at a crossroads. Where do we go from here? Let's examine more puzzle pieces. Last week from the UK Guardian, this new headline report, quote, empty half the earth of its humans. It's the only way to save the planet. In regard to this new report, we would be lucky if that headline was accurate. But in fact, the frontline data points to a far more dire conclusion. Stay tuned for the rest of this headline report and the data that is not covered in the report coming in this broadcast. Many ask if the horizon is that dark, wouldn't global power structures respond? Again, the answer is yes. They are most certainly moving their chess pieces now very aggressively. And that trend will only accelerate. 
So how badly damaged are Earth's life support systems? If one takes the time to view current film footage from all over the world, sprayed skies and dying or dead trees and forests are almost always prevalent in background scenes. Question, how is it possible that so many can be so oblivious to the earth changes that are already extremely advanced, changes that are happening mathematically and statistically hundreds, if not thousands of times, any background event in earth's long geologic history. In fact, the current species extinction rate is statistically and mathematically about 15,000 times greater than the background extinction rate. That's a million and a half percent of, quote, normal. And there's nothing normal about that, is there? We've lost 70% of Earth's wildlife populations in the last 40 years. How long does anyone think that can continue? Global pelagic fish populations down about 90%. Insect populations down 80 to 90%. Aquatic and terrestrial insects. How clear can this writing on the wall be? When I trek through the now dead and dying forests in the wilderness around my off-grid home, it's impossible not to feel overwhelming angst at the deafening silence. Forests that were thriving only 20 years ago. How is it possible that so many can be so oblivious to our dying and burning forests? The cascading die-off of insects and animals, the increasingly toxic superheated seas filled with hundreds of oxygen-depleted dead zones that are growing by the day. How is it possible that so many can be so oblivious to the simple and inarguable fact that when our environment dies, we die, and we are almost there? Lastly, how is it possible that so many can be so blind in regard to the actual motives behind the agendas that are being carried out all over the world over the last year plus? The planetary Titanic continues to take on water, so to speak. The ship is indeed going down fast, and that's not a prediction. It is a data-based conclusion built on verifiable facts, facts that only a precious few are willing to face and investigate so far, let alone to help disclose, which is desperately needed. The vast majority are so far choosing to cling to denial. They remind themselves of past predictions from so many that never came to be. But again, none of that is relevant at this time. The conclusion of imminent environmental and societal collapse is now a mathematical, statistical certainty based on undisputed frontline data. Again, the global controllers are actually well aware of what is coming, or rather, what is already unfolding at blinding speed. This puzzle piece must be factored into the equation if a clear and correct picture of the wider horizon is to be achieved. Though none can know the exact manner in which the house of cards will fall, fall they will, soon. If we compare industrialized, militarized civilization to a car that is going 100 miles an hour straight toward a solid concrete wall, a car that is now perhaps 10 feet from impact, one can say with absolute certainty that the car is going to hit with unimaginable force. One can say with certainty that no amount of pressure applied to the brakes will make any meaningful difference at such a final moment. Brace for impact. There is no if. How many are completely compelled to ignore or deny easily verifiable realities, even if it means their own near-term demise? The following new report was published last week from multiple sources. Here's the headline. Steve Hilton from Fox News unveils new evidence linking CV-19 origins to U.S.-funded research 
in China. From the report, the next revolution host, Steve Hilton, breaks down the evidence linking CV-19 to U.S.-funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan. For the record, this is not new evidence, though it is new to most, and it is critically important. Much of the evidence just presented on Fox News via the Next Revolution show was previously covered on this broadcast a year ago. What is new is that mainstream media is now covering the data. Peer-reviewed science study from 2015 published in the journal Nature and other sources that the COVID gain-of-function characteristic which allows this pathogen to make the jump to humans, had been successfully engineered in labs in Wuhan and Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Both these labs were involved, and all of it paid for, with millions in funding from the National Institute of Health and the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, which is directed by Dr. Anthony Fauci. With all that in mind, let's ask the following question. Is it rational to trust this individual, i.e. Mr. Fauci, or the medical industrial complex which he represents? Question two, is it rational to accept a completely experimental vaccination that is being administered without customary testing protocols because of so-called emergency government approvals? And again, this question, why does so much of the population actually believe that they are being told the truth at any level? by the power structure actors that have orchestrated the entire unfolding paradigm in the first place. Why? Listen carefully to the following audio of the report just aired on Fox News on national and international stations. Here it is. Our special investigation continues. New revelations, more evidence about the true origins of the coronavirus pandemic. As we stated last week, we are not accusing anyone of intentionally creating and unleashing this virus on the world. But we have 2 million dead, over 400,000 here in America. Economic and social catastrophe not seen for 100 years. If there is even a remote possibility that it started in a lab from work commissioned by our own government, work that as far as we know is still going on, don't you think we should not just investigate that in an open way, but make it our top priority? If we don't, we could be here doing this all over again with another pandemic in another couple of years. And after the new evidence we'll show you tonight, evidence that comes directly from our own National Institutes of Health, any reasonable person will conclude that the idea that the pandemic did originate in the Wuhan lab and was the result of a project initiated and funded by our own government. That idea seems not like a remote possibility, but a near certainty. On Tuesday, Vice President Kamala Harris took her second dose of the vaccine at the National Institutes of Health. She was introduced by NIH Director Francis Collins with Dr. Fauci, head of one of those institutes, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, or NIAID, in the front row. Here's part of what she said. Growing up, my mother, our mother, would go, we always knew that mommy was going to this place called Bethesda. I didn't, mommy's going to Bethesda. Now we're living in California, my mother would go to Bethesda. And of course what she was doing, she was coming here to NIH. And she was in the biochemical endocrinology study section. (laughs) She was a, a peer reviewer. That's what my mother did, she reviewed grants. That's how NIH research grants are made, peer-reviewed. The vice president's mother did it for breast cancer research. But then in one particular area, one particular year, 
there was a change. In December 2017, a new policy was put into place that required research involving potential pandemic pathogens to go through a secret HHS panel. Soon after, this panel secretly approved two viral gain-of-function experiments. After an outcry, officials said they would work to improve transparency. But why the secrecy in the first place? This is research that the man on stage with the vice president, Francis Collins, and the man in the front row, Dr. Fauci, had proudly championed just a few years before. In 2011, in the Washington Post, they described gain-of-function research as a risk worth taking. They said that important information and insights can come from generating, their words, a potentially dangerous virus in the laboratory. But in 2014, the Obama administration placed a moratorium on this kind of research, citing recent biosafety incidents at federal research facilities. And to be clear, it was not just a ban on new experiments being carried out by government scientists, or even here in America. It was a ban on funding them anywhere. That ban was announced in October 2014 with a request that existing projects be paused. But as we showed you last week, the NIAID carried on funding this research, regardless. $666,000 in May 2014, before the ban. $630,000 in 2015, after the ban. $611,000 in 2016, after the ban. $597,000 in 2017, after the ban. The ban was lifted in December 2017, but three payments were made by the Institute, totaling more than $1.8 million while the ban was in place. And as we shall see, those were crucial years. The NIAID grant money was awarded to EcoHealth Alliance run by this man, Peter Daszak. He established working with Shi Zheng Li, head of the Infectious Diseases Unit at the Wuhan Institute of Virology that the 2002 SARS epidemic started with a bat coronavirus originating in Guangdong province, China. The NIAID wanted to know where the next one might come from and whether there was a chance that it could mutate into a virus that wasn't just zoonotic, animals infecting humans, but could actually be passed from human to human through the air via the respiratory system. That's what the project, contracted to Peter Daszak's EcoHealth Alliance, was designed to find out. And then it was subcontracted to Peter Daszak's SARS collaborator, Xi Zhengli, in the Wuhan Institute. She had been busy. In 2012 and 2013, her team made multiple visits to the Tongguan mine near Mojang in Kunming, Yunnan province, where six miners who'd been cleaning up the mine by shoveling bat feces became sick with a SARS-like illness, of which three of them died. The Wuhan Institute team found 152 different bat coronaviruses in that mine. They checked to see how many were associated with a new SARS-type illness. The answer? One. Here it is. BTCOV4991. At that exact time, our own NIAID was paying the Wuhan Institute to answer this question. Could a bat coronavirus that causes a SARS-like illness become so contagious that it could be transmitted human to human, what the project called emergence and spillover potential. Remember, the miners in that cave were each infected separately. They didn't infect anyone else, not their families, no one in their communities, not the medical staff who looked after them. So the Wuhan Institute knew that this natural bat virus could infect humans at high doses, could cause a SARS-like illness that could be fatal, 
and was not very transmissible between humans. It was the perfect match for the NIAID grant asking them to explore emergence potential. All they needed to do was use the tools of viral gain-of-function research explicitly detailed in the grant. The crucial part is on screen now. Use reverse genetics to see what changes to the naturally occurring virus would make it capable of infecting human cells easily and efficiently in the lab. Is that what they did? Well, as is so often the case, the cover-up can illuminate the truth. Last year, the Wuhan Institute published a paper saying that the pandemic virus was very similar to one they had in their library, RATG13. They said they just found it. But if you run that sequence through GenBank, a kind of genetic database, there's exactly one 100% match, BTCOV4991, the virus they found years before. The one from the mine, the only one out of the 152 that related to a new strain of SARS. Why didn't they reveal that? Why did they change the name? It's the closest known bat virus to the pandemic virus. The variations are almost entirely in two places. In technical language, the spike receptor binding domain and the furin cleavage site. In plain English, the places that affect how contagious it is and how effectively it can enter human cells in the respiratory system. Those are the exact places in the viral sequence where gain-of-function techniques would be applied if, to pick a random example, you were funded by the NIAID to research back coronaviruses to explore emergence or spillover potential. That exact work was even described in the progress report we showed you last week, tied directly to the NIAID grant. They analyzed bat coronaviruses and sequenced their genetic information. They then built various chimeras, genetically engineered new viruses, man-made in the lab. They infected human cells with them in the lab. And they then showed that their man-made viruses could replicate as a functional virus. The crucial question is this. Were they doing all that with the virus they found in the mind, the virus that caused the SARS-like illness? The match between that virus and the work commissioned by NIAID is so perfect, it's impossible to believe they weren't. We now know that workers in the Wuhan lab got COVID in the fall of 2019. They were the first identified cases of the outbreak. And what is the alternative explanation? Those directly implicated here, the Chinese regime and Peter Daszak, who is in an outrageous conflict of interest, the only US representative on the current WHO investigation, they're pushing a natural origin theory. But to swallow that, you'd have to believe in a laughably implausible set of coincidences. Multiple different species of bats in Yunnan province would have had to infect each other and some other unknown animal. Then either these animals or an infected human would need to have traveled a thousand miles without infecting anyone until they got to Wuhan. The virus, in its first incarnation before any mutations, would have been 10 to 20 times more infectious than any previously observed virus occurring in nature. And most incredibly of all, the infected animal or human would have somehow chosen to make their thousand-mile trek to the only place in all of China with a lab that for years had been working on the viruses it was already infected with. In February last year, the Chinese regime replaced the head of the Wuhan Institute of Virology with the head of their bioweapons program. Vital evidence was destroyed, as NBC News reported this week. NBC News confirming a Wuhan Institute of Virology database 
with 20,000 entries, which may have offered important clues about what the Chinese were studying, was taken down last spring. A senior lab official has said it was removed for security reasons. For a year, the Chinese regime has blocked investigations. But they're not the only government engaged in a cover-up. For two weeks, we've been reaching out to the NIH and the NIAID to respond to the story we broadcast last week. On Friday, the NIH did finally respond with this statement. We asked them to comment on this project commissioned in 2014. On screen now, you'll see the project number and the key sentence specifying gain-of-function research. The NIH statement says, the research supported under the grant to EcoHealth Alliance did not involve the enhancement of the pathogenicity or transmissibility of the viruses studied. But here's the project that their statement links to. It's a different project with a different number. They're right to say that this project doesn't include gain-of-function research, but that's not the one we asked about. The one we asked about, as we showed you, does include gain-of-function research. And worse still, look at this. In their statement, the NIH said, For information about the distribution to sub-awardees, please visit usaspending.gov and switch from prime awards to sub-awards in the upper right corner. Well, we did exactly that. And look what we found. Six payments to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And look at the project number listed against five of those payments. Not the one that the NIH used for their denial, but the one that unquestionably includes gain-of-function research. And the same NIAID project ID listed in the Wuhan Institute's November 2017 progress report, which literally describes the gain-of-function experiments they used to do exactly what the NIH denied they did in their statement, enhance the pathogenicity or transmissibility of the viruses studied. The statement we received from the NIH is totally deceptive. At the top of their statement, they say, this is attributable to NIH generally, not a specific individual. Well, that's not good enough. We're talking about the origins of a pandemic that has killed two million people and devastated the world. Did Francis Collins, head of the NIH, approve this statement before it went out? Will he stand behind it now, even after we have demonstrated how deceptive it is? Will Dr. Fauci stand behind it? Here's where we stand tonight. You can blame China for the lab accident, the leak. But lab accidents happen all over the world, including here in America. That's exactly why the Obama administration banned gain-of-function research. Once the leak happened and the virus was circulating in Wuhan, you can certainly blame the Chinese regime for their cover-up and for allowing an outbreak to become a global pandemic. But the origin of this virus, the reason it exists... The reason it's so contagious and infectious, the responsibility for that is increasingly clear. These two men who decided to ignore the Obama administration's ban on research that they said was a risk worth taking. Of course, Dr. Collins or Dr. Fauci didn't create the pandemic on purpose. That is obviously ludicrous. They've dedicated their careers to fighting disease. But there's now very little doubt that one of their weapons of choice in that fight did lead 
to this pandemic. And actually, that wasn't an unthinkable accident and complete surprise. They were warned it could happen. Not only warned, but explicitly asked by the Obama administration to stop this kind of research, to stop doing it and to stop funding it. But they did it anyway. For that, surely they must be accountable. I mean, who else should we hold accountable? Let's not be partisan about this. Joe Biden banned this research, or at least the administration of which he was vice president did in 2014. But Collins and Fauci ignored that ban and continued to fund the research, which almost certainly ended up creating this pandemic. Why isn't Joe Biden furious about that? Why hasn't the president or Jen Psaki or Dr. Collins or Dr. Fauci been asked about this? Are we still funding this stuff? Is it still happening in some lab somewhere, either in China or anywhere else? Why is NIH putting out deceptive statements about their role? Isn't this pandemic bad enough without us potentially funding and incubating the next one? We'll post all the documents we featured tonight so you can see the evidence for yourself. I did not want to break the flow of that Fox News report with any commentary, but I would cite this flaw in the report. Any notion that Dr. Anthony Fauci has dedicated his life to fighting disease as opposed to propagating disease doesn't hold up to available historical facts. Dr. Anthony Fauci has a long and dark history that is inseparable from the medical industrial complex. Question, why would such an individual be trusted with the concoctions that are now being created by the same medical industrial complex? Why? CV-19 Infections and mortality are occurring at staggering rates at nursing homes all over the world shortly after the CV-19 injections. This drives up the public's fear of CV-19, which pushes even more to get their CV-19 injection, which further fuels the entire scenario. Put the puzzle pieces together. Again, it's imperative to consider and remember the background of biosphere collapse to understand the motives of those in power and the agendas being carried out. And in regard to those agendas, let's rewind to what Dr. Anthony Fauci stated less than a year ago about masks. He stated this live on film in a 60 Minutes interview conducted in March of 2020. The following is an exact quote from Dr. Fauci. He said, there's no reason to be walking around with a mask. While masks may block some droplets, they do not provide the level of protection people think they do. Wearing a mask may also have unintended consequences. More of that later in the broadcast. Fauci further stated, people who wear masks tend to touch their faces more often and to adjust them, which can spread germs from their hands. Again, exact quote from Dr. Anthony Fauci. Moving on. Now, let's add this headline, also from last week. Medical tyranny. CDC, that's Centers for Disease Control, announces all travelers must wear two masks, threatens arrest. Now, while considering everything I've already covered in this broadcast, consider the following statement from Harvard professor of medicine and former editor-in-chief of the New England Journal of Medicine. He said this, the medical profession is being bought by the pharmaceutical and vaccine industry, not only in terms of the practice of medicine, but also in terms of teaching and research. The academic institutions of this country are allowing themselves to be paid agents of the pharmaceutical industry. I think it's disgraceful, end quote. Consider that, former editor of the New England Journal of Medicine. Where are we collectively heading 
And how close is impact? In a moment, dozens of breaking reports on the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. First, my deepest gratitude to each and every individual that's doing their best to stay informed, to wake others with credible data from a credible source, and to help turn the tide of insanity. Thank you for your help with sounding the alarm. It's our collective efforts that can yet make a difference. This is Dane Wigington. You're listening to the Global Alert News Hour, episode number 287, February 6th, 2021. This is the bad news broadcast, but it's critical information that covers the issues we must face if we're to have any chance of changing course. This commercial-free frontline news broadcast is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org and paid for by geoengineeringwatch.org. This news hour is broadcast throughout Northern California on KQMS 1670 AM, 104.9 FM, and 105.7 FM, Saturday mornings from 6 to 7 a.m., Sunday mornings, same time slot, repeat broadcast. Also aired on the East Coast, PRN Radio Network, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. KQMS is the largest news talk radio station north of Sacramento. Recordings of this broadcast can be found at geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent top stories and radio sections. The latest Geoengineering Watch awareness-raising materials can be ordered from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for our approximate cost of producing and shipping. Those in the Reading area of Shasta County can pick up free geoengineeringwatch.org materials from the vitamins section at Orchard Nutrition. For those that truly want to demonstrate their patriotism, there are free commercial copies of the 9-11 Architects and Engineers Experts Speak Out DVD at Orchard Nutrition as well. These DVDs have been paid for by geoengineeringwatch.org, our only request. Please view them and share them with others. Those that are not willing to learn peer-reviewed science study about what really happened on 9-11, and any that don't want to know, any that don't really want to know what their government is up to in their name, are not truly patriotic, are they? An ally in the fight to expose and halt the climate engineering insanity in our sky, which is much, much more than just climate engineering, and none of it benevolent. The Jim Fair Group, G-E-M-F-A-I-R-E, there's a geoengineeringwatch.org booth at every Jim Fair event. The next event is at Santa Barbara, California, February 19th through the 21st at the Earl Warren Showgrounds. Free geoengineeringwatch.org materials are at that event. You can get in for free to the event if you're there to pick up materials, if you tell the ticket master you're there. But show support for Jim Fair. Visit their event and help them to help us, all of us. Also, the new geoengineeringwatch.org online climate engineering Q&A session is posted at geoengineeringwatch.org. This is installment number five. If you wish to submit a climate engineering-related question, you can do so at the following link, questions at geoengineeringwatch.org, or you can go to the contacts section on the very top left corner of the geoengineeringwatch.org homepage. For our AM, FM radio listeners, the online YouTube post of this broadcast available at geoengineeringwatch.org contains additional data that we cannot fit in the time slot that we are limited to on air, something to keep in mind. An off-the-path headline as we press on into the deluge of brutally bad headlines that are coming now at an ever faster pace. This very relevant headline for revealing the character of those that industrialized, militarized society has idolized. Here's the headline. Elon Musk says he wired up a monkey's brain to play video games. From the report, we have a monkey, this is from Musk, we have a monkey with a wireless implant in his skull with tiny wires who can play video games with his mind. Musk told several thousand listeners in a clubhouse chat room. He further said, you can see where the implant is and he's a happy monkey. Really, Elon? You really think he's happy with this type of technology stuffed into his brain? That's how sick and twisted our society has become with no regard for the environment 
and Musk and all his technological pushes to launch rockets, tearing holes in the ozone layer and all this technological insanity. Those who think technology is going to save us better take a big step backward and open their eyes. How's that going so far? And what kind of twisted individuals are a part of all this? Not just Musk and his Frankenstein creations with monkeys, but individuals like Bill Gates that are experimenting with entire populations in Africa and India. Well-documented experimentation with cataclysmic results. And where is the population on this? Simply ignoring all of it and pretending that these types of individuals are now sincerely concerned with our own health, with the health of the population, which they've stated over and over and over on the record needs to go? These dots aren't hard to connect. More headlines. 95% of tested baby foods in the U.S. contain toxic metals. Let's weave this into the bigger picture. That's from CNN and many other sources. And it isn't just the additives. It's the raw food itself, tainted before it even got into the factory, which means it's not just the baby food. It's the grown-up food as well. That sounds bad, but it's worse. It's in the air we breathe. Every breath we take, highly toxic, highly bioavailable, and highly bioaccumulative heavy metal and polymer nanoparticles, not just from industrial pollution. No, there's an even larger source, much larger, global climate engineering operations. When you look up to see jet aircraft leaving massive lingering spreading trails, consider that the overwhelming evidence proves it's not condensation. Film footage proves this. Up-close film footage of nozzles visible turning on and off, military tankles, commercial aircraft, up-close photographs of retrofit nozzles mounted on the pylons, aimed into the exhaust jet stream. If you don't believe what you see with your own eyes, what proof would convince you of what you don't want to believe? And in fact, sprayed particular dispersions in regard to those. Consider how much material it takes to turn the skies so hazy and filthy over the entire horizon. Consider the stated goal of the world's most recognized climate engineers to put 20 million tons of aluminum nanoparticles into the atmosphere annually. Is it any wonder it's in our baby food and everything else? Climate engineers like David Keith and Dr. Ken Caldera, who, by the way, now works for Mr. Bill Gates. Everything is connected. Climate engineering, CV-19, same controllers at the top. What else is settling down through our breathable air column? This headline report was published yesterday from numerous science sources. Quote, viruses, lots of them, are falling from the sky. That's the headline, word for word. From the report, an astonishing number of viruses are circulating around Earth's atmosphere and falling from it, according to new research from scientists in Canada, Spain, and the U.S. And let's not forget the peer-reviewed science report from Italy that proves CV-19, COVID-19, was found attached to airborne particulates. Where could all these viruses be coming from? Let's ask climate engineer Ken Caldera, a former U.S. government scientist who now works for Bill Gates. Listen carefully to Ken Caldera, a one-minute audio, which I've played on this broadcast before in the past, but it needs to be heard again because it so completely connects to everything that's unfolding at this time. His job description of what he did for the U.S. government, in his own words. Listen carefully. I used to work at Lawrence Livermore National Lab, and I once participated in a meeting where we all sat around the room and thought about how could we manipulate geophysical systems to use it as a weapon. The meeting was about weaponizing geophysical interventions. That means, you know, could you somehow interfere in Earth functioning in a way that you could use it as a military weapon? 
could you change climate? Could you? What could you do in terms of manipulating the sort of Earth's physical systems to that some of the ideas? Well, you know, some of the ideas were, were okay. We could maybe we could blow up hydrogen bombs, you know, underwater, offshore, and make a tidal wave that would go over a city. And you know, the result was well, isn't it easier just to drop the hydrogen bombs on the city? You know that that. There, now, you could imagine, though, say, putting pathogens in a cloud. Let the cloud, uh, you know, go over somewhere and then would rain down on your enemy and create, you know, do chemical or germ warfare in this kind of way. And that might work against something that I would say is big as the former Soviet Union, where, you know, you could be pretty sure that within a few days, that, that cloud would rain out. How shocking it is. To hear this former U.S. government scientist, Dr. Ken Caldera, so cavalierly discussing his job description of devising ways to devastate populations, ways which included seeding clouds with pathogens to infect the populations below. In his own words, climate engineering and CV-19 are inseparable issues, just as Dr. Ken Caldera and Bill Gates are inseparable. Moving on, let's put more puzzle pieces together from the L.A. Times. Again, bottom line to all of this looming, unfolding biosphere collapse. This headline from the LA Times from last week. Business as usual will make Earth uninhabitable. That's a mathematical and statistical near-term fact. From that report, the call for public engagement with the unthinkable is especially germane in this moment of still uncontrolled pandemic institutional failures and economic crises in the world most technologically advanced nations are experiencing. The report continues, not very long ago, it was also unthinkable that a virus would shut down nations and that safety nets would be proven so disastrously lacking in resilience, and for the record, all by design. For over a decade, geoengineeringwatch.org has desperately tried to warn about looming power structure total desperation that would fully commence when biosphere collapse could no longer be hidden, when global populations could no longer be sustained. The three most likely control responses we have tried to warn about again and again and again were a triggering of global conflict, false flag events, and pathogen release. Question, where are other news talk radio show hosts on all of these issues? Why aren't they discussing any of these issues? Why not? Is their actual job description to distract and divide populations with circular conversations of orchestrated political theater while the walls close in on us all? All are needed to wake the masses to what is unfolding and why. And the push by certain political pundits to pretend that we just need to get the economy going, we just need more jobs, and everything will turn out fine, and we can all have weekends at Disneyland and, and Caribbean cruises and Club Med vacations. That paradigm is gone. It's over. It's not coming back. The sooner we focus on what's unfolding and why, the better our chances of salvaging something, some part of Earth's remaining life support systems, but that effort will take all of us. Moving on, again, a reminder of this headline before I get to the next related headline. Medical tyranny. CDC announces all travelers must wear two masks. Threatens arrest. And from that report, this White House Coronavirus Task Force leader, Dr. Anthony Fauci, is now promoting double masking. The report states, not me, the report states, despite saying in March of last year that wearing any masks wouldn't prevent the spread of COVID, which I already cited in this report. Now, this headline also from last week, 
A week after saying, quote, wear two masks, Fauci says, quote, won't make a difference. That report states this. Less than a week after advising Americans that wearing two masks or even three masks would be, quote, more effective, Fauci stated, against the spread of coronavirus, Dr. Fauci has done a complete 180 again and admitted that there's no data to suggest it will make any difference. After Fauci made comments last week, this is also from the report, the media began to push the idea that two masks wasn't enough and that people need to wear three or even four masks. Covered that last week as well. However, during an interview last weekend, Fauci completely contradicted his own comments from the previous week. It shouldn't come as a surprise given that Fauci has flip-flopped continuously on masks, having originally said, again, early last year, there's no reason to be walking around with a mask, end quote, and that they are little more than symbolic. Again, Dr. Fauci's words, not mine. And an update on the Shasta County statistics on how it's going with the mask wearing here, I will cite again, before mandatory masks hovered around 30 infections through the county officially, after the mask mandate, now we're up at about 36,000% increase. Are we to consider that success? New from the militarytimes.com. This headline, quote, you now have to wear a mask virtually everywhere on military bases, including outdoors. I'll leave it up to listeners to decide whether there's sanity in that equation or not. Another headline, seven dead and 100% of residents infected in Spanish nursing home after being injected with experimental Pfizer mRNA COVID shots. That's from multiple sources. I'm only quoting the headline. Come to your own conclusion. From that report, in what is becoming a very familiar story all across the world, seven residents in a nursing home in central Spain have died just after being injected with the experimental Pfizer mRNA COVID shots. That was covered by international sources, by the way, including RT.com, which reported that all 78 residents and 12 staff are now testing positive for CV-19 after receiving the injections, while prior to the injections, the nursing home had reportedly been, quote, virus-free during the previous waves of COVID-19. This is one example report. There are many just like it. Now this, from multiple sources, ultimately from the CDC's own site, Centers for Disease Control. This is data from their site. 329 deaths and 9,516 other injuries reported following COVID vaccine. That's the latest CDC data. The numbers reflect the latest data available as of January 22nd from CDC's Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System website. Of the 329 reported deaths, 285 were from the U.S., 44 were from other countries. The average age of those who died was 76. The reports filed on the VAERS website between December 14th, 2020 and January 22nd described outcomes ranging from, quote, foaming at the mouth to, quote, massive heart attacks to, quote, did not recover, end quote. Report continues, anyone suffering from a serious injury will have little legal recourse because they will be directed to the Countermeasures Injury Compensation Program, which has rejected 90% of vaccine injury claims over the past decade. And let's not forget anyone who gets a dime out of that, which is very few, that's taxpayer money, not big pharma, not the medical industrial complex that, again, I remind, has total blanket legal immunity from any and all death and injury their concoctions cause, and that has been since 1986. And one more footnote on the masks themselves. A recent study in the journal Cancer found that inhalation of harmful microbes can 
contribute to advanced stage lung cancer in adults. Long-term use, the report states, their words, not mine, of face masks may help breed these dangerous pathogens. But first, back to CV-19, its origins, and those who seem completely connected to those origins, i.e. Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci. Listen carefully to this one-minute audio. See if Mr. Gates can convince you of how innocent he and Fauci are. Listen carefully. The presence of social media plus a pandemic is a combination that's never been tried before. Uh, And, you know, nobody would have predicted that I and Dr. Fauci would be so prominent in, you know, really kind of evil theories about, you know, did we create the pandemic? Are we trying to profit from it? And on and on. Uh, And so, you know, I'm, I'm very surprised by that. I hope it goes away. This percentage that's really misled by these conspiracy theories, it's unclear to me. There's millions of messages out there, you know, where my name or Dr. Fauci's name is used. But do people really believe that stuff? Um, You know, we're going to have to get educated about this over the next year and understand, you know, what, how does it change people's behavior? How should we have minimized this either you know, working with the social media companies or explaining what we were up to in a better way. First, while Gates is saying all of this, he is smiling and grinning, if you can imagine that. And what does he mean by how do we deal with all these, quote, conspiracy theories, which means anyone who doesn't agree with the official propaganda, by working with social media companies, i.e. censoring anyone who dares to tell the truth. These people game the whole system. Now listen carefully to... 30 seconds more as Gates describes the now complete cooperation that's coming from the new occupant of the White House. And not that I'm promoting the old occupant, I am absolutely not. But they are all just different sides of the same coin, all designed to polarize populations against each other, and it has worked so incredibly well for that. Listen to the next 30 seconds. You know, from the foundation's point of view, the fact that he took that rescission of the global vaccine money, which... uh you know, super, super important. The fact he rejoined the WHO, the fact that he's appointed smart people, the fact that Dr. Fauci uh, will, will not be uh, suppressed. Uh, they'll take full advantage of Francis Collins and, and Dr. Fauci, who are wonderful people. Uh, you know, in terms of the epidemic, it sometimes felt like they were the only sane people in the U.S. government. Through that entire video sequence, Gates was smiling, grinning, and almost laughing. The he he was referring to is, of course, the new president, which is more or less carrying on the same policies as the former occupant of the White House. And referring to Anthony Fauci as one of the only, quote, sane people in the U.S. government, if that's the case, we are truly, truly in trouble. Let's remember what Fauci stated in 2017, quote, there will be a surprise pandemic during this presidency. He wasn't guessing, wasn't theorizing. He absolutely knew it was coming. The evidence overwhelmingly proves that beyond any reasonable doubt. Let's press on with more headlines on the unfolding CB19 scenario, which is completely intertwined with the unfolding climate and environmental collapse. This headline from CDC Canada and other sources, non-essential travelers to pay mandatory test hotel costs as Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, announces new COVID rules. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has announced sweeping measures to combat Canadians' partaking in non-essential travel. Travelers will have to stay in government-approved hotel at their own expense 
a total of nearly $2,000, Trudeau said. Those who test positive will be immediately quarantined in government-designed facilities. Only weeks ago, on this same broadcast, I played an audio recording of Trudeau pledging his allegiance to the monarchy, not the people. Please remember that. Another headline from multiple sources. Calgary police take traveling woman into mandatory isolation, but refuse to tell family where she is. No surprise there. More headlines. CDC director says community spread of South African strain is here. As we have said from the beginning at GeoWatch, ever more virulent versions would be used to stoke these fires. We said it from the beginning. Another headline. The new virus variants make the next six weeks crucial. That's from the New York Times. New headline. Seattle vaccine scramble. Freezer failure prompts race to give out coronavirus shots. That's from the Washington Post. Any excuse necessary to make people think better get it now before the sale's over. Another headline. A COVID-19 vaccine side effect mirrors breast cancer symptoms, but doctors say don't panic. Just like they say it couldn't be connected to the vaccine, no matter what happens immediately after you're given a vaccine, doctors who are completely invested in the matrix, completely invested in the system, say no, couldn't be connected. But yet if you're run over in a crosswalk by a semi, that's a COVID death because that's what pays the medical industrial complex with printed fiat money from the central bankers. This report of public pacification, again, about don't worry about the symptoms of breast cancer. The report tries to make the case, don't worry. That just means the vaccine is working as it should. A planetary asylum. That's what we live in, in which the so-called experts tell us up is down, black is white, bad is good. Another headline from MSN and others, this, bacteria is growing in your mask. Should that be hard to figure out? Anyone that doesn't think this is a problem should think again. As Earth's life support systems collapse, the planet's ability to support populations also collapses, is collapsing, which brings us back to the controller response to all that's unfolding, CV-19, and all that's connected to it. Here is my final question for this broadcast. Given the fact that global power structures have done everything to lead us to this dark hour, Will the majority of global populations continue to blindly allow the controllers to determine our collective fate? We are only helpless if we choose to be so. In regard to the challenges we face, reaching a critical mass of awareness with populations is the only way forward. It's our only chance. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more about how you can help to turn the tide. Share credible data from a credible source. Make every day count. Until next week, this is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.